Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And I'm really excited about this topic that we are talking about, which is generosity. But before I jump back into it, if you didn't get to hear the show on Monday, make sure you go to the website and listen to the show with Lisa Payway as we talk about this amazing event we have coming up on February 10th at the Bridge uh, at the Bridge Church, which is the United Methodist Church here in Phoenix. And it's going to be a really great day. We're going to have lots of speakers and presenters, and we're going to have horses and all kinds of different uh, you know venues that you can check out, and it's free. So we really want to have you come and join us and learn more about this wonderful nonprofit organization that Lisa has, which is um, Envision, oh, I always get this wrong, Envision Therapeutic Writing Services. Therapeutic Writing, yes, Envision. And so it's spelled with an E. Make sure you check it out because it's really quite an amazing place. I've been to her ranch and I got to really work with the horses and I got to hold a chicken, which was really fun. <laughs> they are darling. That This chicken just sat in my arms, closed her little eyes, and I got to pet her head and her beak, and they're just, they were darling. So make sure you come out on the 10th. But today we are doing this, the more on this idea of generosity and are you a generous person? And what does God say about generosity? And we talked the last two weeks about all the gender differences and how to love a man well, how to love a woman well. And this is why I want to talk about this characteristic, this character, this virtue of generosity. You will be amazed at what it does to your relationships when you are generous. And I'm not, I'm not really talking about money. Certainly money is wonderful. If, that, if you have it to give and the person needs it, that's great. But generosity is, is similar to unselfishness. It's the person that's generous with their heart, with their time, with their energy, with their resources, with their forgiveness, with their patience. They're generous with their kindness and courtesy. And so you want to really think about what is the trait of really being generous? Do you have that trait? And much of that trait is going to emanate from love. If you don't have love, you can't be generous. You can give, but giving without love is really for the person's, the the giver's benefit. And I gave that example yesterday when I said, you know, people can give money, they can give resources, and they can do it without love. But it doesn't benefit them the way it should. It's, it's like I can give money to a nonprofit organization, and if my only motive for giving the money is because I want a tax write-off, has that changed my life? Has it caused my heart to become broader, more flexible, more enduring? If I give for the wrong reasons, I just pat myself on the back, and it, and it, apply, it, it, it appeals to my pride. So we really talked about gifts, the fruits of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit. And, and the gifts of the Spirit 
are irrevocable. But the fruit of the Spirit is what supports the gifts. If you speak with tongues and you have no love, what does it profit? So regardless of spiritual gifts, and we should eagerly eagerly desire them for sure, but I want us to work on the fruit of the Spirit. I want us to be people that the world sees different, that we are different than the world, that their experiences of us changes them, whether it be our most intimate relationship or the stranger on the street. That we are someone, we are people that are set apart. So we were, we're, we're talking about these 10 characteristics of God-honoring generosity. And the first one we talked about was the motivation of genuine love. The, the generosity doesn't really move mountains if it's not done with love. And the second one is really truly, our aim is to bring pleasure to God. It isn't to be popular It isn't to inflate our own ego. It's really to change the world the way Christ changed the world. And that was the giving of his entire being, his life. And it brought great pleasure to God. Even though it was extremely painful for them both. This is what's extremely important when we are doing relationship well is that we are generous and so generosity is to also strengthen and unify the body of christ and we talked about that we walk in love as christ loved us we love others and that our abundance may be a supply for their want that their abundance may also be a supply for our want that's the equality issue The more abundance I have and give you, the more abundance you have and give me. And it's a reciprocal effect. And this happens in in our most intimate relationships. It also happens when we do this with the world. But when we talk about intimate relationships, what does that look like? That means things like forgiving quickly, overlooking, practicing forbearance. These types of giving of time giving of patience. All these types of things are our generosity in our relationships. So let's look at the fourth God-honoring characteristic of generosity. And this is a response to enemies. And sometimes we can feel like our most close and intimate relationship might be an enemy. So we love this, the, the verse about love not only covers a multitude of sins, but it conquers our enemies. And King Solomon wrote, If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. And that's Proverbs 25, verses 21 through 22. One of the most difficult things when we feel like our most intimate relationships are acting like our enemy, is to be generous with our love. Because the love covers a multitude of sin. And it helps that person repent quickly, to turn quickly. 
it causes you to not complicate whatever is already going on in their life. For whatever reason, they are acting like the enemy. If you respond with love, generous, generous love, which means enduring, ongoing. If they are going to repent, if they are going to turn, if they're needing healing from something you don't even know they need healing from, this is the thing that will open the doors and the, the windows of heaven and allow that to happen so that they are a changed person. And this way, if they don't change, you can know you weren't the one that got in the way. That you were the one that did everything you could to not complicate a complicated situation. So one of the rewards that comes by giving to an enemy is that of gaining a greater love for them. See, when I'm generous with love toward an enemy, I end up loving them more. Because where our, where our treasure is, there our heart will also, also be. And that's Matthew six twenty one. This kind of love and investment can win the heart of any enemy. That's why it's so imperative that we practice those good boundaries so we don't get all caught up in, in their stuff, that we're able to step back and say, this person needs love. That doesn't mean we accept bad behavior. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we overlook abuse and bad behavior and these types of things. What I'm saying is the more that we love someone, the more we will see if they will turn. And we need to know that before we walk away from them. Because if we walk away prematurely, we've missed a great opportunity to win a heart and to bring pleasure to God. And so the fifth characteristic, fifth thing that happens when we love generously is it's a way to lay up treasures in heaven. It's not for naught. It's not, it's not like God is asking us to do something and there's, there's no reward for it. God loves to reward his servants. And so the things of this world certainly can capture our affections and lures our affection away from God and tempts us to gather, you know, riches in other ways and for ourselves. And the Apostle Paul exhorts us with this instruction. He says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. That's Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus warns us, He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust corrupts, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust corrupts and where thieves cannot steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And that's Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21. So both our motives and the quality of our gifts matter. So when Christ returns, our work is going to be tested. And this is what he says in, in Corinthians chapter 3, 13. Chapter 3, verses 13 and 15. He says, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work, whatever sort it is. 
If any man's work abides, which he hath built upon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work is burned, he shall suffer loss. He himself will be saved. And that's an important thing to understand, that when we're going through that process, that sifting process, when God is doing the accounting of books, when it comes to the book of our life, if everything that we have done has been with the wrong motive, we don't have treasure in heaven. It doesn't mean that we're going to hell, but we miss out on how wonderful heaven is because God doesn't ask us to do things for nothing. He loves to reward cheerful givers. And cheerful giver, givers are generous people. And so what's a sixth, a sixth characteristic? This is doing good to glorify God. So as a child of God, the goal of doing good works is not to draw attention to yourself, but rather to bring glory to God. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. We want to, we want to be different than, we, than the world. We want to rise above the world. We want to be light in dark places. We want people to look at us and say, are they really that genuine? Are they really that sincere? Are they really that trustworthy? They are so generous. And so that's what Matthew chapter 5, 14 and, uh, and 16 says. Let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, when they see our good works and it's done freely, that causes them to want to glorify and thank God. So as we serve and give and meet the needs of others, we must do it in a way that reflects the nature of Christ, that it's showcasing God's greatness and grace. Always go back to the life of Christ. He gave his son freely, without expectation. And Jesus gave himself freely, without expectation. Jesus' life glorified the Father. The Father glorified the Son. So the seventh characteristic, this is acting from a foundation of faith. This is really, really important. It takes faith to give without expecting to be repaid. Faith that our gifts meet the needs of others that they're pleasing to God and that God will faithfully provide for our own needs in the future. It takes faith to believe that what you're doing is actually having some kind of, uh, there's going to be some outcome. It takes faith to believe that if I really sow into this person's life, if I really give generously to them, am I going to be taken care of as well? And that's the promise we have from God is that he's going to faithfully provide for our needs because he has provided for us even when we didn't deserve it because we're his children. And the Apostle Paul addressed these points when he praised the church in Philippi for their generosity. He says, as he gladly received their aid, he said, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit 
that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound, and I am full. Having received the things that were sent from you, an odor, a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God, but God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And that's Philippians chapter four seventeen through 20. That Paul is saying to her, Epaphroditus, to him, I'm sorry, that you gave to me, but I need to, you to know that this was so well-pleasing to God and such a suitable and acceptable sacrifice. God's going to supply your needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus. So by faith, we discern that God wants us to give. And when he wants us to give, to give it. And as these gifts meet a precise need at just the right time, the faith of both the giver and the receiver is increased. And our God is glorified. So both people benefit. And there's an increase. So even if you feel like giving your time, giving your money, giving forgiveness, giving patience, giving kindness, unconditional love, even though you may feel like it's decreasing you, you're losing something, this promise is that as you meet those needs, you're going to get it back even more. Even more than what you gave, you will get back. That's God's promise. And it will come at just the right time. Another characteristic, this is number eight. And this is developing the fear of the Lord. Being a generous person, being a generous person really causes you to have greater respect and that really healthy fear of God. And not fear like he's going to harm me, but awe-inspiring. That kind of fear. Because you begin to know God more deeply. You begin to know who he truly is. Because, see, the fear of the Lord is the awareness that God sees everything and he's going to hold us accountable for our thoughts, our motives, our words, our actions. It involves a reverence for God. And it's a desire to honor God in all that you do, including giving. See, this is an awareness of God, how he impacts every area of our lives. And Proverbs chapter 22, 4 says, By humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility and fear of the Lord, by humility, by being a humble person, that is awe, in awe of God, this is riches and honor and life. That's where it comes from. And we know in the Old Testament, the practice of tithing and offering offerings was named as a key to learning to respect and honor the Lord. Huge way that we humble ourselves and that we, we really show God how thankful we are for all that he has given us. And that we want to be made in his image, act that, as if we are made in his image. And one of those ways that we act and, and really reflect the image of God is that we're generous, that we give. We give 
and we have faith that our needs will always be taken care of. Let's look at this ninth one. This is proving God. When we are willing to be generous people, we actually prove God. Because when we honor God by obeying his word and giving generously, he delights to demonstrate his power by providing abundantly for our needs. And in the book of Malachi, God invites the Israelites to prove him. Prove him with their obedience in giving tithes and offerings. And I know this for a fact in my own life. That God always proves himself to me. If I am willing to give my tithes and my offerings and live generously, I am given back in so many ways that are awe-inspiring. Now, I certainly will be honest with you. Some days I'm better than others (laughs) because... You know, we kind of get tired and we get weary and we get afraid and we get scared and things seem scarce and, you know, we start to want to like hold tightly to onto the things that we have instead of holding loosely. But you can trust God. And, and there are, you know, there are only two things really that I have found in the Bible where God says, trust me on this, prove me on this. And that's with the tithe. He says, listen, if you do this, I'm going to give back to you. Trust me. I will prove it to you. The other one is, the, um, in the Ten Commandments, when he says to honor your father and mother, it will go well with you. All the other commandments don't have a qualifier. He just says, don't do this or do this. And God knows how hard these things are for us. He knows that sometimes it's hard to honor family. Very hard. And God knows it's hard to let go of finances when we feel insecure. Or when we're feeling like, wow, I'm finally making some money right? It's hard to do these things. But we have many scriptures that reference God's faithfulness to provide for us. Like Proverbs chapter 3, 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord with, with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and they will press and shall be burst out with new wine. He's saying, honor honor God with everything you have. Be willing to give it away. And the last one is number 10. It's giving with a generous heart. The scriptures mention having a bountiful eye or an evil eye. A bountiful eye represents a generous outlook that is looking for places to give. And it says, he that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, where he gives of his bread to the poor. On the other hand, an evil eye is stingy, has a greedy outlook, and avoids seeing the the needs of others, and looks away. He that has to be rich has an evil eye and considers not the poverty that will come to him. That's Proverbs 28, 22. So we're coming to the end of this show. We talked about all those 10 characteristics of generosity. And we're going to start tomorrow talking about the benefits that are going to come to you when you are generous. So I'm excited for this, this whole show, all, all, all this series, because I really want you to think about the fruits of the Spirit, and I want you to think about virtue and character and how to be very different than the world. 
Have a great day. And I want you to practice being generous. Generous with a smile, generous with your heart, generous with your time, generous with forgiveness and being forbearing. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.